Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for January 27th, 2020. Uh, this is the time of the week that we get together to talk about everything CircuitPython. I'm Katni, and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python that runs on microcontrollers. CircuitPython development is sponsored by Adafruit, so please support them by purchasing hardware from adafruit.com. This meeting uh, happens normally at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Mondays, except when noted. Um, we sometimes move the date uh, when there are U.S. holidays conflicting with the meeting. Um, and if we do, we will be sure to let you know in many ways. Um, we are going to be doing that sooner and more often in the event of any changes. This meeting is recorded. We host it on Discord. Uh, so if you are not already a member of the Adafruit Discord, you can join there at adafru.it slash discord. Um, and we meet in the CircuitPython audio channel and uh, audio channel and text channel. Um, as a side note, there is construction going on, so you will be hearing that throughout the meeting. Apologies ahead of time. Um, the, uh, the, the, we record both the audio and the text chat, so in the event that you don't want your voice recorded and you still want to participate in the meeting, um, you would be able to do that by posting any of your updates to the CircuitPython text channel um, or into the notes document, which we will read from later. Uh, there are notes available for this meeting. Uh, we put them up on GitHub. Um, and they do have timestamps, so you can scan through the notes. If you um, wanna listen to something at some point, you can scan through the notes and get to that point without dealing with uh, the whole thing if that's not something you're interested in doing. We will release the recording on YouTube as well as most podcast services. If you find that we are missing from your favorite podcast service, please let us know. So uh, this meeting is hosted in five parts. The first part is community news, which is an overview of everything CircuitPython or Python on hardware in the community. Um, the second part is the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka, where we talk about the health of the project. Uh, it's sort of a statistical overview of where we're at by the numbers. Um, and we talk about the whole project overall, and then we talk about the core, the libraries, and Blinka separately. The next part is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to thank people for all the amazing work that they're doing. Um, it will be held in a round robin where we will start with the person who is running things and then go down the list alphabetically and loop back to the top, giving everybody a chance to talk. If you are text only or don't want to, you know, uh, or uh, want to participate but are not in the meeting, you can leave notes and we will read them off. Um, alphabetically as if you were in the list as well. Um, the next section is status updates, which is an opportunity to sync up on what we've been doing over the past week and what we will be doing over the next week. This is also held in a round robin in the same way. And finally, we have the section that we lovingly refer to as in the weeds, which is a uh, chance for more long form discussions. Um, Basically, if this is something that you already know is a little bit too long for status updates or uh, something starts in status updates and uh, moves to 
uh, a much longer discussion, we can move that discussion to In the Weeds. Um, we already have a number of In the Weeds topics, which is excellent. If you have any topics for In the Weeds, please post them to the notes uh, as soon as possible, and that way we're not waiting later to see um, what anyone wants to talk to you about In the Weeds. Um, if it's something that comes out of status updates, uh, no worries there. Just let us know that you want to move something to In the Weeds, and we will do that. And I think that covers pretty much everything. So with that, I will hand it over to Phil with Community News. Okay, thank you, Kenny. You are welcome. All right, so first up, um, the Open Hardware Summit prototypes are here. You can see them on Twitter, you can see them on our newsletter, you can see them on our blog, you can see them on our shows. It is a CircuitPython powered wearable and it's super cool. You can see these perfect, perfect purple PCBs right there. Speaking of, there's more good news. Um, we have a event topic channel specifically for Open Hardware Summit. So it's pound open, uh, pound OH Summit 20. That matches the uh, tag online too. And you can check it out. There's a uh, permanent link there for the Discord server that you can uh, send to anyone anytime. There is a link to get your tickets and more. And we have an art folder if you want to get artwork with Blinka with the gear logo. You probably noticed in the chat there is now an OSI logo and an open source hardware community gear logo. Next up, if you are on a Mac and you use Moo, you should check this out and download the latest version. It's mostly bug fixes because a bunch of stuff changed on Macs. Um, speaking of, it's my theme today. I have a topic and then I do a speaking of. Um, sponsor Entol on GitHub. Uh, we're a sponsor. You sponsor them too. If you've ever downloaded Moo, if you ever used anything in the world of Python with hardware recently, Nicholas is involved in it in some way. Also a beautiful, wonderful, thoughtful person. And GitHub now has sponsorships. So um, for all the folks who are like, oh, if there's only way I could donate or something or something, now you can. Um, latest issue of Hackspace Magazine is out. There is a couple good articles. Uh, one is how to blink things with CircuitPython. But most important, and I think this is the coolest one, is uh, Serpente. Arturo's board got a 10 out of 10. So that's a big deal. And we like seeing all these cool boards out there that can run CircuitPython. And uh, they, they put it to the test. 10 out of 10, high praise from Hackspace Magazine. So congrats, Arturo. And uh, looking forward to more hardware that you're coming out with. Uh, the winners of the Take Flight with Feather Context were announced. Open Book One, it's a Feather compatible, and there's a bunch of stuff going on with CircuitPython. So if you want to see what Joey's up to, I think like in the last few hours, Joey just posted up the uh, font stuff that works with CircuitPython so you can display fonts in multiple languages. Another thing that happened over the weekend-ish was uh, we hit 16,000 people on this Discord server. So thank you, everyone. And I did a quick post about um, someone else's observation that there's Slack, there's um, Discord, there's Gitter, there's uh, matrix.org, there's a um, couple others. Hackaday has their own chat uh, server, but it looks like a lot of the communities are going from Slack, because they're outgrowing Slack, plus Slack's for business, to Discord. And so uh, someone did a uh, little table comparing the two. 
for me, I put a list on the article that I did of all the maker electronics, Discord places, and other places that that I tend to uh, tune into. So check those out. Um, at some point, I might do a list because the, it'd be nice to have these invite links in one spot. Um, that's one of the hard things with Discord is finding the invite link sometimes. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, next up, there are some new boards. So we're up to 103 boards on circuitpython.org slash downloads. And I'm proud to say if we were to make a new counter, we now have two boards that have the word meow in it. So we have meowbit and we have meow meow. So CircuitPython now runs on kittenbit meowbit. It'll um, probably have some updates. And I think Scott's taking a look at um, some stuff on that soon. But we did a video last night. I think it feels like it was like two days ago, but it was just like a few hours ago. Uh, Lady and I did a video showing CircuitPython on the meow bit. There is some um, more games that are being developed for CircuitPython. So this is a grade 11 computer science final project. They did a really good Asteroids clone. So we made the uh, Pi Badge, Pi Gamer, and a bunch of gaming hardware. And we knew it would take a little while for people to start writing games because it's like, wow, like full-on portable Python hardware that can run games. So we're seeing a lot of that. So check out not only the newsletter, but our blog with um, this particular school that's using um, CircuitPython and their platforms, uh, uh, that platform, uh, Pygamer, for their final projects and more. Um, another nice quote. This is uh, one of the things I always like to share with folks. Uh, plug and play on hardware IoT in under five minutes. This, looked, this took less than two minutes and 40 lines of code. And uh, I think that's cool. Um, anytime you can do something and it's under five minutes and, and it has a minimal amount of, of code, uh, you're saving a lot of time. And although I didn't get to my 2020 post, I will eventually, I figure I can post mine later. I think what we're starting to see with CircuitPython in particular is you get time machines. You get really far because all that complexity, you don't have to go through it right away. You get spun up really fast and sure, you can always do more complex things that take a lot of time, but the things that you want to do very quickly, you can do. So it's almost, um, there's a scene in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where they go back and they, they go and learn how to play guitar for six months, but the audience only sees them disappear for a minute. They come back, they have beards and everything. They're like, we can play guitar now. So I feel like that with CircuitPython sometimes. It's like, wow, like I can do JSON parsing. And I really don't know JSON parsing that well, but the libraries and the things that are in CircuitPython help me make stuff. And now I understand it better. Now I can really dig in. Also last night, we um, got the upcoming Clue board to work with Geek Mom's uh, Brightboard. So uh, check that out. One of the things that we want to do is make sure that a lot of the micro bit accessories work with Clue. Uh, Clue works really good. And there's an added benefit. Um, it goes in a backpack. And one of the ideas is you'd personalize your backpack with uh, all these little LEDs with the Brightboard with a micro bit. But with a Clue, if you want to like turn it up a, a, a notch, you can drag and drop images. And one of the things that I didn't think about when I made this video is the screen is so good on the Clue, it looks like a sticker, the Powerpuff Girls. It's actually, a, that's an image. Um, it's just because the screen is that good. So you could just plug in your computer, drag and drop any image you want. And that's another level of personalization. You get all the LEDs and then you get Powerpuff Girl. Um, last up, all the stuff is in the newsletter. Um, please go there, open up any issues or PRs. Thank you everyone who tags things, pound circuit Python and adds us on Twitter, Instagram and all the places. It helps fill the newsletter every single week. Um, it's a big newsletter. Once again, I'll go out tomorrow at 11. That's a community report this week. All right. Excellent. Thank you.
Thank you. So uh, that means next up is the state of CircuitPython and the libraries and Blinka. So this is a uh, statistical overview of the state of the project. Um, we have had a couple issues with our um, library report. Uh, it is not currently uh, working properly. So um, the overall stats are from yesterday. Uh, the rest of the stats are actually from the 22nd of January because that's the last time that the report ran fully. So I've still included them, um, but be aware that uh, other than the overall information, uh, we're a little bit behind. So overall, over the past week, we had 38 pull requests merged by 20 different authors, which is amazing. Um, some new names, uh, SJ Irwin, Mark Patterson 27, uh, ND Garage, T Suplis, I think, are the names that I don't recognize from previous times. Um, thank you to everybody who contributed, that's amazing. Uh, and 12 reviewers, which is equally amazing. And one of the new names that I see there is Foamy Guy. So thank you very much for joining us in reviewing. Um, obviously, we need code submitted, but we also have to get it reviewed, and it's a super important part of it. So thank you very much to everybody who's been involved in that entire process. And we had 16 issues closed by eight people and seven opened by six people. So we are currently net down overall, which is excellent. Um, so overall, we are looking at trying to get 5.0 um, out the door. Uh, so right now we're doing a lot of bug fixes, um, trying to get everything finalized and ready to go. Um, I'm sure that will be covered uh, again later in more detail. Um, and as for the libraries, we have finally completed the move of our continuous integration testing from Travis to GitHub Actions. So all of the libraries have been released recently. There's been a lot of uh, flurry of activity there, um, but that's finally done. So we should see um, library activity dropping down to what is normally expected um, on said libraries. Uh, so thank you to everybody who is involved in that transition. Um, and it's really good to see that project be done. So um, with that, I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core. Thank you, Katney. OK, um, as of January 22nd, so five days ago, this will be pretty similar to last week. Uh, but we do have one new author. So we had, we had four pull requests merged and one new author, uh, Osterwood, uh, who has the USB hub on CrowdSupply. And we have four reviewers, so thank you to our four reviewers. Uh, we had 10 open pull requests. I think we're right about that uh, currently as well. Uh, Issue-wise, we had three closed issues by three people and six open by six people. So we're uh, for a total of 254 open issues. Uh, check the notes doc if you uh, want to take a look at all of our open issues. Uh, issues are a great way to get started, along with uh, doing pull request reviews are also really helpful as well. Uh, if you want to know how to do that, let me know. Uh, happy to help get folks ramp ramped up. Um, we have uh, download stats by board, where 412 is our latest stable release. Uh, as of the 22nd, we had 6,923 downloads uh, logged on that. And our unstable release is 5.0 beta 4. Uh, turns out we, uh, we don't have any downloads logged on this. So uh, I'm sure that number is higher now, and we'll get it fixed up for next week. Um, 
And yeah, if you want to see those download stats broken down by language and board, uh, just check out the note stock. It, uh, we have all that data in there. That's it for the core. All right. Thanks, Scott. So next up is the libraries. Uh, and as of January 22nd, we had 25 pull requests merged from 11 authors, uh, which there's a couple names in here I also don't recognize, um, which would be different than the last set because it must have been within the week previous to the 22nd. Um, so thank you to everybody who has uh, been submitting and thanks to um, our 10 reviewers as well. Uh, we have 22 open pull requests. Um, I think that's probably about accurate for right now as well. Uh, we've been getting through reviewing some of the oldest ones and um, it's been it's been great to see the activity on there and getting that stuff tested and, and worked in uh, where applicable. So we have 14 closed issues by six people and six open by six people uh, for 137 open issues. If you are interested in seeing those issues or open PRs, uh, please visit circuitpython.org slash contributing where there will be a list of open PRs, a list of open issues, and a list of library infrastructure issues. All of these are a great way to get started contributing to CircuitPython. So if you are interested in that, check out that site and feel free to ping any of us to get you spun up on how to work with Git and GitHub um, to be able to help out with um, reviewing or uh, testing code and that kind of thing. There are many, many ways and we can definitely find something that works for you. Um, so library updates in the seven days previous to that, there was one new library, which was the LAS3MDL, and I removed the list of updated libraries. There were five pages because of the GitHub Actions transition, um, and it, it didn't make sense. Uh, basically every library in the past couple weeks has been released, which means they would show up as updated. So if you um, wanna see that, uh, CircuitPython.org yeah, circuit slash libraries has uh, more, um, I believe anyway, has more up-to-date numbers. Um, and like I said, moving forward, you'll be able to see a more accurate assessment of what's really being updated versus um, us doing uh, infrastructure changes. So that is what I have for the libraries. And with that, I will turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka. Hello, so I'm going to speak about Blinko, which is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. So we had five pull requests merged. Uh, I think these, like Katni said, these numbers are a little bit behind, and I know some of them are wrong, but uh, we had, according to this, we have five pull requests merged uh, by three authors, Yeto, Tanud, and myself. And three reviewer, three reviewers, uh, Tenu, myself, and Lady Ada. Uh, we have, it says we have four open pull requests, but I actually know we have zero open pull requests. So we got them all merged in this last week. Um, it says there's one closed issue by one person, two open by two people, um, 29 open issues, and there were 5,159 PyPI downloads in the last week. And it says number of supported boards zero, and I think that's because we had a refactor. Uh, it's uh, according to the circuitpython.org website, there's 38 boards, so I'm going to go with that number. And that's it. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. So 
with that, I am actually going to be turning it over to Jeff to talk about Hug Reports. Hi, everybody. Uh, Hug Reports is a section of the meeting where we take the chance to thank one another for the stuff that we're doing. So if somebody did something good for you in the last week and you would like to acknowledge that publicly, this is a chance to do that. The format is a round robin, starting with me and continuing in alphabetical order. Then we'll go back to the top to get everyone a chance to talk. If uh, you've left uh, text and you're marked as text only, I'll read those notes aloud for everybody. So uh, first, I want to thank Katni for offering me the opportunity to help with the meeting. We're starting with this, and we may move up to me hosting a whole meeting sometime in the future. Uh, thanks to Dar for continuing to work on the issue of memory use in Adafruit SD card. And uh, I think the last update on that was he found something that um, just completely fixes the memory problem that we were seeing. Uh, thanks to Scott, Summersoft, Dan, and others for reviews on my PRs. Thanks to Ann B for getting me started on the Adafruit Learn system. And thanks to Foamy Guy for starting to work on reviews and even merging PRs. Uh, over to you, Jerry. There's that unmute button. Uh, yeah, just a, a group hug this week. Lots of good stuff. Katni? All right. So, um, Hug Report to Jeff for running Hug Reports and uh, working towards running the meeting. Um, and I have a hug report for Foamy Guy uh, for jumping into reviewing PRs and for patience and perseverance as we worked through him making changes to someone else's open PRs. And also uh, to Foamy Guy for joining CircuitPython librarians. So he's uh, joined our review team and um, really appreciate all the work you've been doing. And now we can get you even more involved. So thank you for that. All right, Kinger North is lurking, so we'll go on to Maker Melissa. Hello, I just wanted to give a hug report to John Parker for working so well with me on the latest Gizmo project, and uh, hugs for all the Blinkit contributions too lately in the community. Mr. Certainly and MS Costi are lurking, and I have some notes from Mtol to read. He says, general group hug, and to Phil for being awesome and very thoughtful. Uh, SDWNJ is lurking, and Sedacious would like me to read his notes. So, uh, Sedacious says, hug reports to Dylan for completing the momentous actions migration project and helping us get the libs into a better and more maintainable state. And thanks to everyone else who helped with the actions project, but notably Summersoft, Katni, Maker Melissa, and Lady Ada. Thank you all for your contributions and to anyone I may have missed. It's great to have a strong community that can come together to make large projects like this happen in a timely manner. And Summersoft is also text only. He sends hug reports to Deshapu for spotting and fixing a bug in the module support matrix documentation builder. He thanks Jay Epler for the audio mixer performance improvements and has a group hug as always. Scott, we're ready for you. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, uh, first and foremost, uh, again, a hug to Joey Castillo, uh, who I saw was working on getting Babel chip support into CircuitPython. Basically, it's a giant font that is stored on a separate chip and has like amazing language support coverage. And I hope that we can get that into CircuitPython and have all the languages supported. That would be amazing. Um, thanks to uh, 
Nina and then JA on Twitter for testing Bluetooth in a conference setting. She has a project that's coming up where people can change the color of her badge from their phones or color of her jacket from their phones, I think. So that's going to be really neat. And she was testing the stability of CircuitPython and Bluetooth and all that. Uh, generally good, but a few issues. And hopefully we'll make that better uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, thank you to Jimmo from the the MicroPython world for adding uh, a PR for basic Teensy 4 support to MicroPython. Uh, they're basing it on, off of tiny USB, which is just awesome to see uh, that foundation being shared between the two, uh, CircuitPython and MicroPython. And uh, we had some discussions about how to annotate uh, like core bits of MicroPython so that they can get moved to faster parts of memory. So we're we're looking to to do that in the same way so that we can share that as well. Uh, so thanks to Jimmo for, for having that chat. And then uh, lastly, uh, thank you to HireFact for persevering on the meow bit. There was a number of uh, new things that uh, both him and I had to learn uh, in order to get the meow bit going. And I'm excited to see another CircuitPython device, uh, especially one that has native display on it. So thanks to HireFact for that. And that's it for me. All right. Anne B and Arturo are lurking, and I've got a note from AT makers who are text only, and they thank Jay Epler for making an MPY cross service per my request. Carter is lurking, and C. Grover is text only. Uh, C. Grover has a hug report for Lady Ada for some excellent coding suggestions and encouraging me to travel outside of my comfort zone, and for the community. You inspire me and provide challenging opportunities to learn and grow. Charles is lurking, so I'll turn it over to Dan. Okay, I just uh, want to thank Lady Ada, who um, uh, has this working on the uh, BLE heart rate monitor stuff, and she did an initial little bit of code, which saved me some time getting it started. And we do have it kind of working, <laughs> but you'll see more later. All right, Dave P is lurking, so uh, David Cloud. Uh, if your mic is working, please go ahead. Yes, I think it's working. Um, so I would like to thank Dan for the clarification on the chat on Discord for different kinds of uh, library. And I don't remember what I did this week, but I tested the BLE HID example from Ben Park. And so I thank him and I guess Dan for the code behind. All right, thank you. Drew, are you in the meeting, or uh, do you have, uh, some, do notes you have some notes for us? Oh, yeah, uh, thanks to uh, Melissa for uh, reviewing uh, PR I had for uh, uh, Platform Detect and also Blinka. Do Wester is lurking, so uh, I'll turn it over to you, foamy guy. I had a couple this week. Thank you to um, Anne and John and Tony and Katni. Um, all of those guys have great uh, learn guides with uh, waveforms and tone generator, pizza buzzers, and all kinds of fun stuff like that that I played with over the weekend. Um, and then uh, another one to Katni just for helping me work through uh, my first few reviews and everything. Thank you. And uh, Geek Guy is text only, but he has left some notes. Uh, to Maker Melissa, a hug report for being a nitpicky PR reviewer. Keep on nitpicking. And to Foamy Guy for taking on more responsibility as a PR reviewer. Uh, Hire Effect does not seem to be in the meeting, so I will read his notes. He gives I'm a here, hug I'm report. Here. Oh, you're here. Hello? Oh, all right. You're up. Go yeah. ahead. 
<laughs> um hi uh sorry um i'm not sure if i wasn't showing up on discord or well no anyway. i failed in alphabetical order anyway uh yes uh thanks this week to scott big thanks to scott for uh his help on uh debugging the meow bit um and also to lady Ada for uh giving it a test seems like things are working so far so uh, that's exciting and a group hug to everyone else the notes say that Jacob and Jason are lurking, so I think that brings us full circle. Thanks, everybody, and now we will go on to status updates. If we, I didn't miss anybody. Uh, Jason has notes. Oh, oh, Jason has notes. Uh, he gives a hug report to whoever is working on CircuitPython.org. It looks great, and I agree with that 100%. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, for running hug reports. Excellent. Oh, and we have one more from Code and Solder in the text channel. I'll read it out. Oh, or in audio. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, hug report for uh, uh, Lady Ada and Brent Rubel for awesome guides on airlift ESP32 Featherwing and uh, mini MQTT for CircuitPython. Uh, hug report for Entol for releasing the much awaited uh, release of uh, Moo and a group hug report for everyone. All right. Thank you. Excellent. Back to you, Katni. All right. Thank you very much for running hug reports. Um, next up is status updates. So status updates is uh, an opportunity for us to sync up on what we've been doing and what we're going to be doing. Um, it's basically, what have you been up to since the last meeting? And what are you going to be up to until the next meeting? Um, so take a couple minutes, tell us about uh, your projects, tell us about your code, tell us about what you've been up to um, and what you're going to be up to. If uh, you find that if there's anything that turns into, like I said, a longer form discussion, you can bump it to In the Weeds if you'd like. Um, this is also an opportunity for people to give uh, tips and tricks on whatever it is you're working on. Um, if somebody has questions uh, with, with quicker answers, uh, it's something we can do um, during uh, status updates. So uh, we're doing this in a round robin again. Um, I will start and then we'll go down the list, uh, reading notes again when people are, um, reading notes again when people are, uh, not available or are text only, um, so on and so forth. So, uh, with that, uh, let me get a time code and I will get started. Last week, um, I added a not implemented error to the express module in the circuit playground library to cover potentially importing features not available for CPX. Uh, it's written to be expandable, so it should be easy to add to it as we add more features to the other circuit playground modules. Um, it's not strictly necessary, but I thought it made um, sense to include, so I added it, um, and that will be included in future CircuitPython releases. Uh, so for now, it'll just fail ugly, um, but in the future, it will fail friendly. Uh, I added a page to the CircuitPython Made Easy on Bluefruit and Express guide called the Technical Side. It goes into a technical explanation of how the Circuit Playground library works under the hood and why it's special on CPX. 
Um, this is a piece of information that really, like, people have asked questions about it over the, you know, last couple of years, um, but we haven't really had a single place that explains it. So now that's available, um, and I linked to it in the Circuit Playground Library README, so that um, is uh, that information is it's stored in one place, but is available in multiple places. I also fixed image links in the README. Uh, we've had image links in there for ever, and they've never worked. Um, now they do. So worked on and finished up the guide for the MLX 90640 thermal camera, and uh, I have one thing left to do for that. Um, and then uh, lastly, spun up Foamy Guide to get them started going on reviews, uh, PR reviews, testing, making changes to open PRs to fix linting and change requests, and finally added him to the CircuitPython librarians to give him merge and edit access. So this week, uh, test the, I have to test code one more time for a change to one of the Circuit Playground examples. The sound meter example uh, currently doesn't work on Bluefruit. Um, I want to test those changes one more time and then submit a PR for that. Um, I'm going to be, which I didn't put in the notes, uh, doing the product guide for the DPS 310. Um, I want to go through the library PRs again. However, um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, activity going on there. Um, and, uh, so I'll continue helping with that. I don't need to, um, I don't need to worry as much about that right now, which is amazing. Um, eventually, I want to go through the guide feedback and learn system. I scanned through most of it last week. Some of it is uh, more involved in terms of fixes. Others of it is just I need to find out whether some technical question is correct or not, that sort of thing. Um, so anything that wasn't quick, I didn't do, and so I want to go through that. There's uh, an image used in one of the guides right now that's a little bit confusing because it is of a particular board, and then it got reused in a bunch of other guides. Um, Basically, any Metro-style board, so the Arduino shape or the um, Grand Central shape has a six-pin header on it that is not labeled on most of the boards. One of the newer Metros has it labeled, but most of them don't. And so it's a image labeling that, but because I made it so that it was zoomed in on the connector itself, it's apparently confusing people. So need to remake that. And then um, I'm going to begin documenting running this meeting. Uh, the goal there is to be able to have other people run it, which is something we've been interested in for quite a while. Um, but in talking to uh, Jeff about it, it uh, made sense um, at his request and just in general, it makes a lot of sense to document what it is we do because there's some weird stuff that we do after the thing to get it posted and get it into the newsletter and just, I mean, little things that we have been doing long enough that we just know that when you just say to somebody, hey, here's these 15 things you have to do, it doesn't really help if there's not a list. Um, so I want to do that and we're going to try and come up with ways for people who may not have access to those things. Um, like, for example, may not have access to post a video on YouTube uh, to still be able to run the meeting. Um, so we want to try and facilitate that or do something similar to what we did today where we have uh, someone help out with running the meeting. Um, so we have a lot of different options there and we want to try and open this up to the community, um, both internally and externally, to see if anyone else is interested in 
doing this? And if so, how we can facilitate that? So the very beginning of that is to document everything we do when we run it. Um, I will uh, start that document and I will have Scott look at it once I've got it in, in place. And we'll see if we can't figure out a way to have it set up so other people can um, run this meeting if they are interested in doing so. So that is what I am up to this week. And uh, King of North is lurking, so I will kick it to Melissa for her status update. Hello, let's see here. Okay. Uh, last week, I tested and merged a bunch of the Blinker Relay PRs I alluded to earlier. I worked with John Park on a now playing Gizmo demo and that makes use of the Apple media services. And then I uh, made a bunch of progress on the LED backpack guide and added some HTK33 or HT16K33 uh, library updates. Um, this week I'm gonna finish up that guide. I need to test uh, the Raspberry Pi examples on the 240 by 240 Pi TFT. Uh, create an Arduino e-paper featherwing example. Uh, if I have time, I'd like to uh, update the Arduino TFT LCD library to work with the Adafruit GFX and um, start working on adding some, uh, start working on some guides about adding boards to Blinka so that other people can do that easier. And um, I think that's it. <laughs> it's more of a wish list than what I'll ne necessarily get to, but I think it'll work. Good place to start. Yeah. All right, excellent. Uh, so I have a couple of lurkers and I have some notes. Um, some notes from uh, Entol, who says, new bug fix release of Mew yesterday. Big change is the fix for Catalina users. Details here and there is a link in the notes. Next up, I have notes for Sedacious who says, previously, lots of driver work, refactoring, and cleaning up code. A few guides, LAS3MDL and LSM6DS33. Helping Dylan as needed with finishing up the actions migration. And next up, more guide work and driver refactoring. And next up is Summersoft, who is text only. So I will read that off. Last week, uh, Core tested and merged Jeffler's audio mixer performance improvements PR uh, in Rosie Pie world got the configuration scripts finished and installing without failure started verifying services etc are working properly however after getting Redis to work properly it seems there is some dark magic to getting the system D Redis service to actually stop it is locking up shut down reboot which is fun uh, in terms of Adabot, investigated an error that the daily report is having. Evidence points to an issue on GitHub's end. The API releases endpoint for the core repo seems to be having issues. Did a setting permission uh, get changed? Perhaps question mark. This week, uh, in terms of Adabot, work on the report changes to list merged versus open PRs and add some better handling for the, of the aforementioned GitHub release endpoint error. It should fail gracefully. And RosyPy configuration. And next up is Scott. Hello. Uh, last week was a short week. We had Monday off. Um, I think I was burying, like digging myself out of the hole of email and reviews that I got myself uh, in the prior week. 
Uh, and then I primarily worked on uh, the NeoPixel Pixel Buff stuff uh, that hit, had hit over the weekend, and, and there were some bugs. So I rolled, um, I reverted the Pixel Buff dependency or changes for NeoPixel uh, because that was causing issues with the, the old Pixel Buff on 4X. Um, and then I've refined the API a little bit to make it cleaner uh, in terms of how it manages the underlying memory. Um, so I have a PR for out this week that out for that uh, that this week I'll get in. I want to get the Teensy four support in this week as well. Um, although it's definitely not perfect, there's been some issues of um, pasting too much stuff causes it to crash and things. But uh, we're really not uh, you know six o is where we're going to really hit the IMX RT. I think so. It's really early and and we don't need it for five. So. Um, I'm circling kind of back to Bluetooth land, which is where 5.0 has us, and uh, I'm focused on uh, I'm focused on the sensor story that we have. So, if you have a bunch of Bluetooth sensors around your house and you want to kind of collect all the data from all those, uh, what is the the easy CircuitPython way that that can be done? Um, so, I'll be taking a looking look at that and like kind of how other folks have done um, Bluetooth sensor stuff in the past as well. So. Uh, expect to see like a repo that just documents like all of our Bluetooth APIs and UUIDs and stuff, uh, so that we can have that in a central place and make sure that we don't actually like reuse UUIDs on multiple stuff. So uh, that'll be my week this week. Uh, after I'm through reviews and email, which shouldn't be too bad. All right, thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, next up is AT Makers Bill, who is back. Hi guys, sorry about the dropping off. I have. I had a day job thing. So um so I did uh, the ha the judging on the uh, the Hackaday contest and I do have a question to, to kind of throw out there does anybody actually have any uh library plans on the gesture sensor that they're going to be playing with? I'd love to play with that in CP in, in CircuitPython instead. Um we now have a adaptive controller version of CircuitPython building automatically whenever a new version of uh Circuit Python posts, it automatically kicks off a build and posts it there in GitHub. That's to get around the weirdness where it has to have no other HID descriptors and stuff. So if anybody wants to play on an Xbox adaptive controller uh, that is there, feel free to use it. Um, I do have a guide on the first one of those. It's about ready. The problem is I don't think I'm going to be able to post it before ATIA, which gets to the last one, which is uh, if you want to see a whole bunch of CircuitPython stuff being used in the gaming lounge and you're in Florida, come over and see us. We would love to to have you there because it's going to be, I, I'm going to be posting videos, but there's going to be about a dozen different custom controllers in use, all of which use CircuitPython. So that'll be fun. All right. Excellent. Thanks. Um, so next I have some notes. Uh, Carter's looking and I have notes for C. Grover. Uh, after I get a time code. All right, wrapped up two Sound Studio projects this week, working on a third. The thermal project learning guide is almost complete, seemingly at the project manager's nightmare zone of 90% project completion. Developing the guide reminded me of the many new CircuitPython coding techniques and features learned during this project and that I have yet to learn. Each step forward is simultaneously satisfying and humbling. Starting working through the purple PCB backlog yesterday, this week we'll focus on completing and testing at least two boards. And next up is Charles. 
Well, I'm working on a project. I got a hold of a keyboard, a key bed, and key keyboard for from a from an old DX7 from a company called Sintar, and uh, I'm hoping to interface that to, uh, interface that to a TNC4 uh, so I can use the USB uh, USB stuff to uh, t uh, talk to my synthesizer. So that's about all I got. All right. Thank you. You are welcome. Next up is Code and Solder. All right. So uh, last week I worked on a demo project for the local processing day meetup, which is going to happen this uh, coming weekend. So I notice whenever I go to a conference wearing a Pi badge, everyone is interested to wear it and have their own name. It's easy to open the code.py file and edit the name, but I decided to have this ESP32A lift and control it over the Adafruit IO, sending uh, the name from MQTT and uh, the demo worked pretty well. And I added a feature which can also let you control the color of the five new pixels on the board. So it's pretty cool, and I'm going to share the photos when I'm in the Processing Day Meetup uh, coming weekend. Also attended uh, the local community meetup in Delhi, India after a long time, and the people who attended the CircuitPython Day, they were really excited to know about how to start contributing to the CircuitPython, and uh, I made them uh, open a few issues to get them started, and I'm going to help them next week with these issues and creating pull requests. So yes, new people joining in. It's really cool. Uh, the plan for the next week is I'm planning to make a uh, small hardware which using which I can control the Adobe Lightroom functions and I can edit my photos which I'm which I'm clicking uh, really fast. So I'm also going to share that progress. So yep, that's my update. All right, excellent. Feel free to ping us if um, you run into any issues with uh, the people that you're mentoring with um, with contributing. Sure, definitely. All right. Next up is Dan. Okay. Um, so last week, just about a week ago, after the meeting last week, uh, we've uh, finished off CircuitPython Beta 4, and I released that, and then um, forgot to click a merge button, and it didn't show up on CircuitPython.org until the next day. But it's there now. No problem. Um, I'm starting to go through all the bugs that are left in 5.0 to fix, and I fixed uh, one random bug which has to do with turning off NeoPixels on, say, the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit and some other boards when you do a soft reload, like when you type uh, interrupt, type control D in the REPL or something like that. So that's fixed and merged, and we started working on various BLE um, device uh, code. So we got a bunch of us got um, heart rate monitors, and we're trying that out. And we have a working code that reads the heart rate monitors. There is some bug still in the BLE code that can cause the whole thing to hang up at some point. I don't think it's specific to heart rate monitors, and so I'm trying to debug that right now. And we'll continue to work on um, on more 5.0 bugs so we can make progress toward a, re a release that's not beta. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, next up is Deep Loud. 
Okay, so last week I tested the BLE as I already explained. I don't have a Rotary encoder, so I tested with the button. Um, then I tested Blinka just in case I wanted to demonstrate that at first then, but and for that it's not focused. And I've been reading and reading a lot of the presentation and thinking a question I should ask. And next week, or um, I think I will finish my slide, write some demo codes, uh, double check if I can do live coding or something like that, just to make sure everything I type people, and then asking you a lot of say something which is not. All right, I will say something about live coding. Um, be prepared for it to fail. <laughs> um, have a backup solution is is basically what my suggestion will be. Um, live demos are tricky in general. Um, and so most conferences recommend having a backup solution, but I would make that suggestion as well. Just either um, have it, you know, have another board with it already running or um, have a video available, something to that effect, just so you don't get caught um, by your demo deciding to be... Uh, not so great. Uh, all the demo code will be available on GitHub, so the plan is to copy and paste. Maybe the hello world will be done. Yeah. In live coding. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. That's, that's exactly how I usually do it: is copy and paste it off of GitHub. But I've still run into um, sometimes things get wonky. But pe people like it. People like knowing that you know you're as human as they are. So it's not it's not a bad thing if things decide to go a little bit weird. But just be prepared. All right, um, next up is Drew. Yeah, uh, I added um, uh, support for the BeagleBone Green to uh, Adafruit Platform Detect because um, I noticed it was missing and then also uh, added that into Blinka as well. Um, and after, still working on trying to sort out some PWM support issues for the BeagleBone. And that's all. All right. All right. Thanks, Drew. Um, next up is Foamy Guy. All right. So uh, last week, uh, like I mentioned before, I kind of got my feet wet with the first few uh, reviews and pull requests. And then the other main thing I did last week was uh, playing around with the Neo Trellis M4, learning about audio waveforms and tone generating and all kinds of fun with that. Um, and then Next week is going to be more of the same. Keep going on reviews and also start looking over in the issues uh, for stuff that I think I can help with. Um, and then uh, just continuing to play with audio. That's kind of uh, fun for now. And maybe try to tie it together uh, with Android. Excellent. And thank you again for um, jumping into the reviews uh, head first. It's yeah, been absolutely. great. Happy to help. All right. Next up. Uh, Gate Guy is text only. Um, so next up is Hair Effect. Hello. So uh, last week I worked mostly on just mail bit errors. Uh, so I fixed, um, which ended up kind of branching across the STM32 port a bit. Um, so uh, some kind of critical fixes uh, to PWM are included as part of that PR, um, as well as some uh, kind of interesting new updates to display IO. 
Um, so it's out now and it's passed initial testing, which is exciting. Uh, or it, it's out as a PR. It's um, in the review stage. So that's kind of finally behind me. It's taken a while to get all of the bugs uh, with Meowbit solved because that was a real stress test of, a, of the port overall. Um, I also laid out the pin maps for the Esperino board. So I'm hoping to get those in pretty soon. Uh, this week, I'm going to basically be just managing the, the Meowbit PR, setting up, the, finishing up the Esperinos, uh, and then looking into kind of the upcoming uh, projects for STM32, which include wrapping up any remaining bugs for 5.0 um, and adding UF2 support. So uh, that's uh, generally it for me. I've also got a, a guide that I'm working on for Zephyr, but that's unrelated. So um, hopefully won't be able to manage my time between those two things. So that's it. Sounds good. Thanks. Uh, we have lurking and that means next up is Jeff. I cannot hear you. You are unmuted, but I cannot hear you. Can... How about now? Yes. All right. Uh, last week, I did UI work on JetPlayer and started drafting the Learn Guide that that will become. And so I'm learning the Learn Guide system this week. Uh, I did some work providing ready-to-run MPY cross binaries and Fuzz tested the MPY cross program to uh, decide that probably we could give untrusted inputs to it and then set up an AWS Lambda that can be used as a web service to MPY compile a source file. You upload your .py to this web page and you get back the MPY. Uh, and maybe this belongs down with my uh, ongoing fun projects, but I helped a friend set up a pipe temperature monitoring project with Adafruit IO and if this, then that. So that was a fun little learning experience. This week, continue with the learn guide. That and any changes or bug fixes in JetPlayer are my highest priority. Um, and then my next bullet point here is one that I actually did yesterday. Uh, on SAMD, there's this weird stuff when we do stereo on the DAX. And I think there are some simplifications to it. And uh, we'll continue to pursue that, but kind of as a secondary item. My other ongoing fun project is that my custom keyboard is all wired up and running CircuitPython, and I've been using it all day, and it is great. I love it. And recovery from my foot surgery is going well, so thanks for everybody who was concerned and asked about that. That's great to hear. All right, next up is Jerry. Hi, uh, can you hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Good. Um, yeah, so this was a kind of a frustrating week. I've been working on this for weeks now, is update to the RFM 9X and 6 9 libraries to add what they call a reliable datagram mode. And, you know, initially the, the actual code to do the, the handshaking, the ACK, ACK packets is simple and that's working fine. But I, one of the things I've been trying to do is test it against the Arduino Radiohead library, which is sort of the, the default and it's failing miserably. The problem is that the C code just runs so much faster. And no matter what I seem to do, the circuit Python code just can't can't handle the especially the the ACK packets. They come back so fast from the um, C code that it, it it just doesn't see them. So it's a real problem. I don't know what to do about it. So I'm struggling with that. And then the problems are even worse on the Raspberry Pis under Blinka because they're, they're, I've discovered some timing issues there that are really driving me nuts. 
um, with some significant delays in, in between SP, not an SPI transaction, when you send something SPI, once it starts at the SPI transaction works great. But in between them, there are these big delays of several milliseconds that I think are just due to uh, Linux kernel slow you know, issues um, that I'm, again, not quite sure what to do about. So I'm rethinking the whole thing. <laughs> um, so it's just going to need uh, a bunch more work, I think, to really think about how to do this right. Um, possibly even just you know really re redoing the libraries completely. Um, so I'm going to take some time and think about that and play with it. Um, I'm learning a lot, but it's frustrating. Is the um, is the Circuit Python stuff a matter of like you need we like if we had a buffer in the C land it would be better? Maybe uh, you know uh, I I don't know. I mean it's 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 a yeah I you know I don't know how to make it possibly what I did on my side was I I was able to on the Circuit Python side. So if you have two Circuit Circuit Python boards talking to each other, I can just put a little delay in. Um, say you know hold off a hundred microseconds before you send the ACK packet. That works great. Okay, but I can't do that on the Arduino side. So, right. or I mean, I suppose I could put a PR in there and ask him to add that feature, but I'm not sure it's a good idea. So, yeah, yeah I mean, maybe. So, well, I, you know, I, I just don't know quite what what the right approach is uh, here. So, I need mm -hmm. some time to think about it and and play with it, and probably talk to you more. Um, but part of it maybe. You know, when the libraries were first set up, this was not envisioned, I don't think, to even implement this. So there mm -hmm. may be just some things that can be done to yeah. you know, overall uh, improve yeah. it. If you ever need to bounce ideas off Dan or I or, or Jeff or whomever, just snag okay. us. Great. Yeah, because on the, on the Raspberry Pi, too, what, trying to, what I've been trying to do there is work with interrupts. And mm -hmm. that, boy, that, that's been a mess. And looking mm -hmm. at other code, there's, there are some other libraries out there that run the 9x stuff. And... They, as far as I can tell, violate all the rules that that, that have been <laughs> imposed on Blinka about being nice and doing SPI. <laughs> huh. So they work, <laughs> but huh. they're I'm not sure it's a good idea. In other words, you see the timing differences, but they don't open and close the the uh, the, the bus device every time they they act. So hmm. I don't know why they get away with it and we can't. But it's, it's definitely questions to ask. Hmm. Yeah, so, I think Melissa is the person to talk to about that. Yeah. I know. Um, I don't have the Linux background. Okay. Well, again, it's it's a big been a great learning experience. I'm <laughs> having, having fun, but I'm just you know like I keep tearing my hair out trying to think is this really an improvement over what we have? I don't know. <laughs> um, other thing, you know, you know, uh, I did do some more playing with the Teensy four, um, and you fixed the uh, the decache thing. Thanks, Scott. Right. And so that worked. That's working fine with I I square C. I got it. Was able to talk to an accelerometer. Right. Um, I did find that we need to do cut and pastes of more than a few lines. It it gets really upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know there's still issues. Um, but other than that, it seems to be working nicely. And uh, just a heads up, I'm going to be doing some life <laughs> for the next several weeks. So I'll probably be out for the next several meetings due to various conflicts and some travel. So have a good few weeks, and uh, maybe it's a good time to, to let this <laughs> RFM stuff settle in for a while anyway. All right. Well, thanks, Jerry. Yep. And that is status updates, um, which means we are to In the Weeds. Uh, in the Weeds is an opportunity for
for more long-form discussions, questions, things that don't fit into status updates, um, and uh, so on and so forth. Um, so we have a number of in-the-weeds topics proposed today, and so I'm going to go ahead and get this started and hand it over to Scott for the first topic. Hi, yeah, so I wanted the I've been procrastinating on like what the CircuitPython 2020 wrap-up blog post is. Uh, I linked in the notes doc to what I did last year, and it's I like it, but it's a lot of work where it's like talking about all the different aspects of CircuitPython and what happened and things like that. Um, I think what I'd like to do this year is just kind of a quicker, like, here's a recap or like very broad, like paragraph about what happened and, and what people talked about, and then a list of all of them. And then also uh, just there's some quick stats in there that I'd like to pull and just kind of compare to last year. Um, but I'm hoping that it's just a little, a bit, a bit lighter weight. I feel like we got a lot of the value out already with um, the individual posts and, and reading through those, I think was really awesome. Um, so I just want to like, is there anybody that would be sad if it wasn't long? Um, otherwise, I think I'll just do a quick one and then I can get that off my plate and we can dive into 2020 um, like we have been. No, I think it's fine. All right. Once again, crickets. So cool. That's it for me. All right. Excellent. <clears throat> Next up is Jeff. Yeah. So this weekend I played with the um, MPY cross stuff and created this little web service, but I don't really want to be responsible for it. So I just wondered whether there is anybody who has an interest in taking it over. It's just a very small Python program that uh, in this case works with AWS Lambda, but it could work with any kind of web hosting. And it calls out to an MPY cross and sends you back the result. Um, yeah, so this is Bill, uh, AT Makers. I'm, I think I'm the the cause of this, right? I'm the one who asked for it. And, and I, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I can take that. If you'd like to send it to me, I have a place I could run it or I could put it up in AWS Lambda. Um, I, I think it would be a good thing eventually to have somehow under circuitpython.org, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that would be neat. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think who? my preference would actually to be to, uh, add, the capability of CircuitPython to do it. So put a .py file on a CircuitPython drive and just call something that writes out the MPY back um, to the so file the system. Whole, the whole reason that we're at this point is uh, this is on an M0 board that can barely accommodate what it needs. To yeah, it's do. on a non-express board. So, so the, the problem here, and, and actually it, it might it might work because it's not really a flash limitation. It's more of a memory limitation. Right. Um, if you, don't have, compile... you don't have to do it on the M0, though. You could use an M4 to produce an MPY for an M0. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So this, this might be something where we should take this off case and I should actually give you the use case here, right? Yeah. So this is a, a larger file that people are going to edit um, to right. change a configuration. And the problem is the configuration is too big unless you byte compile it, unless you, you have MPY cross it. Um, so having to have them have a different piece of hardware to do it probably wouldn't be as good as having them go up to a web service to do it. But yeah, the other option is that like we could actually work to make the import memory footprint lower. Um, yes, 
yeah so this yeah i'd love to i'd love to see all of that i'm happy to work on it no matter how it is in the short term as far as jeff turning that over jeff you want to send it to me i can put it someplace and put it under you know uh atmakers.org for now while we work through this right sure that's fine um i sent the python part as a gist and i can dig that out um and communicate it to you directly what's a good way to communicate with you bill at atmakers.org is the easiest way okay i'm also on discord and whatever all right excellent uh next up is uh, some topics from d cloud oh yeah so i've got four questions um I think the first one was already answered in the Discord. It's trying to find which board um, would work with CircuitPython and MicroPython, just in case somebody is unsure and he wants to try and compare both. The same way you could compare um, compiling with Arduino and doing the same thing with CircuitPython. In the past, it used to be ESP8266. This is not supported anymore, so I was looking which one was the best. Mm -hmm. That new kit, great. Yeah, so there, there is. As far as I know, there is not a concrete list of MicroPython supported boards. Um, like our website for CircuitPython is the de facto place for that, um, but I don't know of a a, a list that documents the overlap between the two. Well, I'm, I'm going to cross-check and uh, I'm going to make a table or something. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Um, then, yeah, I had one question about open hardware thing because um, apparently you have the PCB of all or most of the CircuitPython board in GitHub. Uh, mm -hmm. but only one of them is uh, certified in that OS. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, is it all open hardware or is that one or what's thick? I, I think it's all Adafruit boards are open hardware. If schematics and, and files are not uh, present online, it's simply an oversight and you can always email us and we'll do it. Um, I don't think, I think the reason that only one board is documented with open source uh, hardware official logo is just that the the certification process for them is is work. And uh, we already do the work to play, post everything online and we just haven't uh, done the work to get the like numbers and stuff from the, the foundation. So I, I would say it's safe to call it open hardware. It's We can't put that logo on there because we haven't uh, run through the process with them, but I believe that the work that we do for every board matches what they do. We just haven't gotten the numbers and put them on the silk screen. Okay, and then yeah, I was checking what if everything that BLE is capable of doing, we can do it with Python. And I was kind of missing one of the role, and then I figured out that there was that heartbeat um, long guide, and that was maybe the missing role. Um, well, can you pretend to be a art monitor? Maybe it's that that's the role. I don't. Know. Um, so, can we do everything? <laughs> yes, you can do. It can act as a central peripheral, a server, and a client. Those are orthogonal. 
right? right. There are those pairs. Yep. So we have examples of each. And you can broadcast and not. Yeah. Uh, or, and observe. Those are two more roles. Um, I would I would also caution that some roles are better tested than others. Currently. Well, the last one is well, I've been um, reading a lot of documentation from the Learn system and trying to report when something was unclear. But this is totally anonymous because they could not name, so you don't know if it was received, if there are questions, if uh, your remarks have been taken into account, where uh, for the code you would do a PR and you would have discussion with whoever is the author. So um, I would like to understand why it has to be anonymous. Okay. I, I would say it's historical. Um, it's kind of just Learn is a homegrown system that's been around with Adafruit for a while, and that's the way that they've chosen to take feedback into the system. I've I've given that feedback myself personally that like we don't actually have like any sort of communication cycle with the people who are doing stuff, um, but they've prioritized other work on top of doing it other ways. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's it could be better the forum. Is often being also been used as a um, as a feedback mechanism, but it doesn't. It's not automatic. So, it could be better. But we agree. Most of the time, I know who made that guide, and I can go to Discord, kind of put a remark there for whoever is the author. Um, but okay. Whatever. Okay. And that's all for me. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. Um, next up, I have uh, an active, <laughs> actively being typed out um, in the weeds topic from Maker Melissa. Hello. Uh, so I had an idea for this. Looks like it might have been implemented in MicroPython already. But I was thinking after Jerry was talking about the um, moving some of the, the radio modules to like C, uh, and but the PyPixel buff being done in C, it's like I I there's definitely some usefulness of having it pre-compiled and able to access from CircuitPython and. So I was thinking like, well, there's some compiled C modules that aren't processor specific. So you don't have to have a hundred different versions, maybe a common API or something like that. And so it was just more of an idea that I thought might help like in uh, a future version of CircuitPython. Um, I, think, I think this is actually very tricky um, because the ARM cores that we run on like M0, M4, M7, they're actually different sets of instructions um now that there's definitely subsets between the two or three but um i think i like micropython has added native compiled support uh for modules but i think it's a support nightmare 
Um, and so I'm really wary of us going that route um, because like the ESPs are completely different uh, assembly, like, like they're completely different architectures. Um, so I, I don't think it having cross processor stuff is as easy as just having a common API. I think there's a fundamental challenge um, with different features of the core processor that are accessible through different uh, instruction sets. Um, I don't. I, th I think it's going to be a support nightmare unless we come up with a way for an MPY file, like a native module, to basically have all of them. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to, to pop in on this just because it was an idea that I was very excited about when writing my, my CERN Python 2020, um, par partially from the perspective that, you know, it just seemed like something that um, could be very useful for folks who aren't necessarily plugged into the main CircuitPython community, but wanted to make their own C module that could then be used in CircuitPython, which is something that primarily is a, is a priority for the scientific community who have uh, maybe a module that they can't implement in Python, but they still want to use CircuitPython. Um, so, I mean, is the, is the issue that basically, I mean, the, the modules would basically have to be compiled per CircuitPython board, like, like to get the right assembly, mm. but that they would need to, but, but it would basically, you wouldn't have to like, could write C stuff without contributing to the main CircuitPython core, basically, right? Right, and I think that's I think that's why mm -hmm. MicroPython's doing it the way they're doing is that like they have customers that know what chip that they're targeting, um, and then they can they're okay with making that limitation. Ah, uh, okay. Is that is that just a tougher thing to manage within kind of this community? Just uh, you know, having people compile per board is that is that just kind of a you just mentioned it was a support problem. A support problem. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're teaching people that CircuitPython libraries run everywhere, and if we have libraries that are native code, like how do we manage all the different variants that run different places and teach them what to load where? Uh, yeah, that's why I was thinking a common API, but maybe it provides no advantage over the MPYs. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's an interesting thing to think about for sure. Yeah, I think it would. You would definitely want if it was introduced. Really, you definitely want some kind of way that really clearly signifies that these are basically like non-official. Like you would, you would want them to like explicitly be like a CircuitPython per board add-on or something. You'd like right. Sort of and I think right. Thing. Yeah, and I think if if you get to that specialization, I don't think it's like it's not broad enough. Not. Uh, applicable broadly enough to justify the work in my mind. Um, I think it makes more sense for MicroPython because Damien's business model is, is supporting specific companies doing specific things uh, where I, we're much broader in general, more general. I think that's reasonable. I think probably the best case for that would be to find one of these kind of scientific people who are backing a scientific endeavor where they're using CircuitPython and see if they could get it they could sponsor it or something like that. That would probably be the best way forward. Yeah, for something that doesn't go in the core, but if there is like some core, small core piece we should just put in the core, then we could do that too. All right. Yeah. And next up, I have a topic from Summersoft. Do you want to go over it or do you want to punt it? 
because it is listed as could be deferred to a later date. So I will leave it up to you. Oh. Community vote. Um, it's uh, <laughs> actions triage uh, GitHub issues. Should we go for it or should we file it on GitHub? Anybody have an opinion? I mean, it's always good to have it on GitHub too, but it looks like it's just the question of whether we want to save GitHub time build time um so it's basically based based on a pr the files that a pr changes should we run only some tests not all tests and i generally think that's probably not worth the time like in terms of uh in terms of what maintenance stuff is more most valuable i think making builds go faster in this case is not necessarily that beneficial Okay. Are my, we hitting limits gut. on uh, GitHub Actions APIs or anything like that where we would care? Yeah, I mean, it, it, if if it prevents them from running at all, then maybe we'll have to take a look at it. But I don't believe we're hitting that yet. Yeah, being the operative term. <laughs> yeah. But then, but also, there's always the the chance that like you can solve it with money, like just upgrade the plan with GitHub or whatever. Right. Like there's other ways of getting around those problems when they come up too. Okay, so yeah. I think I that's think the general of, answer is of, yeah that we can put the effort in elsewhere. Yeah, we can do it as needed rather than too early. Okay, and that with that is in the weeds, um, and. We are well over an hour, which has kind of been our thing lately, so that's totally fine. Lots of people. I know, uh, which is excellent. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. This has been the CircuitPython Weekly for January 27th, 2020. Um, if you are still listening, uh, we will be um, posting this uh, or we'll have posted this on YouTube and um, to uh, most podcast services. So um, if you're still listening later, you also can check online for the notes document, which has timestamps um, and covers everything that we covered. And the notes doc is also available in the event that you are not um, interested in watching or listening uh, and are more interested in reading. Um, so check that out. Uh, we will be back again next week, uh, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, standard time, standard place. Again, uh, if you want to chat with us all week, we are on Discord. You can join us there at adafru.it slash discord and uh, join us in the CircuitPython channel, or if you have questions, there is the Help with CircuitPython channel. Both are available and we are around. I wanna thank everybody who participated. Um, I wanna thank all of the new people who have joined us. Uh, it's excellent to see so many new faces um, and remember that you absolutely can join the meeting and lurk uh, if you're interested in listening in live, but do not wanna participate. We are perfectly happy to have you. So thanks everyone who participated. Thanks everyone who lurked and thank you um, to all of our contributors uh, to the project and we will see you all next week.